This is a story from the Faroe Islands. It's called The Two Sisters. Now, there was once a man on the Faroe Islands who was married to a beautiful wife. And she was good and kind and loving and thoughtful and everything you could wish for in another person. She was lovely. And the two of them were blessed with a little baby daughter and they adored her. But sadly, sorrow wasn't far away, and tragedy struck the family, because the woman took ill and died, when the little girl was only a year old. Well, her father, of course, was very grieved at the loss of his wife, but he also knew that he needed someone to look after his daughter. He wasn't able to stay at home and take care of her. He had to go to fishing and he had to look after the sheep. So he decided to marry. And he married a woman who was the exact opposite of his first wife. She was ugly and twisted and skinny and nasty-tempered, spiteful and full of hatred. Oh, she was a miserable one, all right. <clears throat> There was no one miserable in the islands. Well, not until a daughter was born, that was, because she had a daughter as well to the man. Well, this girl was about two years uh, younger than the elder one, and the elder one grew up to be a beautiful young woman. She was absolutely lovely and every bit as kind and gentle and thoughtful and hard-working as her mother had been. But the other sister, she was a little wizened, shriveled-up thing who was full of spite and jealousy and hatred, never had a good word to say about anyone. And her mother adored her, vile as she was. Well, you know, they were two of a kind, those two. Now, the poor eldest daughter, she had a terrible, terrible time with her stepmother and her half-sister. They treated her badly. And when she grew up and she looked more beautiful every day, more and more like her mother, then the more and more her stepmother and her half-sister hated her. And they wouldn't give her anything to eat, well, very little, just enough to keep life in, really. And they made her do all the work around the farm. So she had to clean out the cow shed, the byre, as we call it. And she had to grind all the grain for baking with in the house. And she had to do all sorts of work around the place. She had to cart the wool and she had to spin it and weave it. Oh, she had so much work to do. And in the summertime, she had to work in the fields, and also she had to drive the cows up to the meadows and take them back in the evening. She would go up there as well to milk them. She would take a pail of, uh, up with her, and she would milk them in the morning and then take it back, and then at night she would have to go up again and, and also milk them. But she had to watch them during the day as well, so it was a miserable, tough life. But... She kept growing, and she kept getting more and more beautiful. 
and her stepmother hated her more and more every day. Well, she decided that she would try to ruin her beautiful looks by starving her. She didn't get much to eat at the best of times, but now she got even less to eat, and she would be sent to bed without supper, and then in the morning she would be woken up early and she'd be sent off to drive the cattle up to the pastures and to milk them. Well, she got no breakfast in the morning either. She was sent out with an empty belly, and oh, she was hungry. Now she sat on the hillside, and she was so miserable. She used to pray every night. She prayed to God, and she prayed to her mother. And she always asked them to protect her and to look after her and take care of her. But life was so hard. And that day after milking the cattle, she was sitting up there watching over them on the hillside. And she wept and wept and wept. She was so hungry. No food up with her, of course. And she was just so tired. And she was tired of being alive. She prayed again and she wished that she could die so that she could be with her mother once more. Well, then she noticed a strange thing because the hill that was just opposite her started to groan and a crack appeared in it and the girl was scared, and the crack widened. It got further and further apart, and inside the hill, the girl could see that there was a lovely table, and it was laid with a massive banquet of food, the likes of which she'd never seen before. And she was hungry, and she was curious. So she went up, to the hillside, and she looked inside, and there was the table, and it was all laid with this beautiful food, food that she'd never seen before. Some of it she had seen, but it was being eaten by her stepmother and her half-sister. She never got any of it. Well, <clears throat> she went inside, and she looked at it, and her mouth was watering, but the food wasn't hers. She couldn't take it, because that would be stealing, and she would never do that. So she stood there looking at it sadly, when she heard a woman's voice speaking to her. And the woman said so softly and gently, she said, Eat your fill, my dear, eat your fill. Well, the girl sat down and she started to eat. And, oh, she was so hungry. And she ate all these wonderful, delicate things that she'd never seen before. And, oh, they tasted so good. Well, she was so happy. And when she'd finished eating, she thanked God again for the food. And she thanked her mother. And she went out. And... The hill closed behind her. Now, when she came back that evening, 
and she wasn't showing any signs of distress from being hungry. The stepmother was not happy. Neither was her half-sister as well, who was such a shrew. She was always horrible to her whenever possible. And she would do bad things as well, and then blame her sister, and then her sister would get the beating. Even if her stepmother knew fine it was her own child that did it, she would still beat that stepdaughter of hers. Oh, her life was a misery. But now at least, every day when she drove the cattle up to the hill, and went to the hill, then there was the feast laid on for her. She always said grace before eating, and she always thanked God and her mother for taking care of her when she left. Well, after this went on for a while, her mother was curious, her stepmother. She was furious at the fact that this girl wasn't getting thinner and thinner at all. She was actually getting more and more beautiful. She was a very healthy young girl. She shouldn't be. While her own daughter was all thin and twisted and pale-coloured because she stayed in the whole time and did nothing. Now, <clears throat> the, the half-sister was a very nasty piece of work and she knew that her sister must be getting some food from somewhere. And she nagged her, wanting to know, where do you get the food from? Why aren't you so thin? And her sister just said, I'm fine, there's nothing to tell you. There must be, said her half-sister. There must be some secret. I want to know it. I demand to know it. I should know it. If you don't tell me, I'm going to go to my mother and tell her that you've done something bad, and then you'll be beaten again. How would you like that? You can go to bed tonight. Black and blue serves you right, keeping secrets from me. Well, after a while, the poor girl gave up, and she told her half-sister all about the hill and the beautiful feast that was laid on for her every day. And the next morning, when they got up, the younger half-sister, the nasty one, went to her mother and said, I want to take the cows up today. I want to go and do the milking. You do the milking, she said. What's taken you? Never you mind, said her daughter. I want to do it, and I want it, and if I want it, I get it. Well, of course you can, said the mother. Oh, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. If you want to go up to the hill and milk the cows, then you shall. Well, off she went. And she went straight to the hill, never mind the milking. And she saw that the hill was standing open, and there was a lovely table just groaning with all the most lovely foods. And she went in, and she was more troll than human. And she stuffed her face full of everything she could get her hands on. She packed the food down her throat. She ate, and she ate, and she ate. And then, when she couldn't eat another thing, 
She burped loudly. He got up from the table and walked out, wiping her mouth on the back of her sleeve. Well, she never said so much as please or thank you, because those were two words that had never passed her thin, twisted lips as long as she had lived. Now, <clears throat> the next day, the youngest, vile sister, said to her mother, I want to go and milk the cows again today. Of course you can, my love, she said, and off she went. Well, she went straight to the hill. She didn't eat breakfast or nothing. She wanted to have a good appetite to eat this wonderful feast. But when she got to the hill that day, the hill was closed. There was no food, and she hadn't brought any food with her. She couldn't stand it for that long before she had to go stomping back to the house again and said, I've had enough of milking. I want something to eat. And of course her mother ran to fetch it for her. And then the poor half-sister, well, she got beaten again and sent out to go and milk the cows. Now, after that, there was always the hill was open to her. She had a lovely feast, and she was getting more and more beautiful and quite plump. Well, her mother, of course, her stepmother, hated this. So she decided on another plan. She would make sure that she only got the worst of rags to wear, and the poor girl had to go in these rags that barely covered her, and it was so cold because the wind blew through it. She was worse dressed than the beggars. Where was her father all this time, you might be asking yourselves. He was too big a coward to stand up to his wife. He was just a miserable, cowardly little man that did nothing, said nothing, saw the beating, saw the abuse, saw the injustice, and did nothing. Well, so the poor girl was dressed in the most pitiful rags, and she was dressed worse than a beggar. And she would go out, and she would sit on that hillside, shivering. And when she went in for her meal, and she sat down, she said her grace, she thanked God, she thanked her mother, and she ate. And then she wept, because she was cold, and she was ashamed. The rag she was wearing was just awful, and she felt so bad about it that all she could do was cry. Well, then the woman's voice again said, What is wrong with you, little dear? Oh, I only have these rags to wear, and I'm so cold and so ashamed to be seen like this. Here, wear this, said the woman's voice, and a pair of invisible hands handed her the most beautiful dress that the girl had ever seen in her life. It was blue, and it was all embroidered with silver.
so that it glittered whenever she moved. Oh, it was beautiful. And it was a lovely light powder blue, the blue was. Oh, so lovely. And she put on the dress, and oh, she felt like a princess. And she sat down on the hillside, and all she could do was sit there and admire this beautiful dress. Well, a king's son happened to be riding by, and he saw this beautiful maiden sitting there wearing this beautiful dress. But, oh, her dark hair was so lovely, and her white skin and her red cheeks, oh, she was so beautiful. And he fell in love with her. And he came and spoke to her. He asked her who she was. She told him. He asked her where she lived. She told him that too. And he said, You are the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life. Will you marry me? Be my wife. Come and be a princess. Well, she said, I think that you should wait. Wait for a year, and if you still feel the same way after a year, then come to the farm and ask my father for my hand in marriage. If you still feel the same way. And if you do that, then I will not refuse you. Oh, the prince was happy and heartbroken all at once because he had to wait a whole year before he could get this beautiful girl to be his wife, but he agreed. She was worth waiting for, he said, and away he went. Now when the girl went home that evening, her sister screamed with rage when she saw her coming and wearing this beautiful powder blue dress with the beautiful silver embroidery. Where did you get that dress from, she said. That's mine. You stole it, she said. And she tore the dress off the poor girl's back. Her mother stood and watched her do it and did nothing. Her father sat shamed-faced in the corner and kept his eyes down and said nothing either. And so her half-sister stole her beautiful dress and she was back in the rags again. But the year passed, the food always came, and the next summer the prince rode into the courtyard of the farm, and he introduced himself to the evil, wicked stepmother. He was dressed all in cloth of gold, and his servant who was with him was dressed the same. And he introduced himself and said how he had met their beautiful daughter out on the hillside the previous year, and that she was wearing a beautiful powder blue gown, all embroidered with silver, and though it was beautiful, it was nothing compared to her face. It was nothing compared to her. She was more beautiful than any dress. Well, as soon as the stepmother heard this, she rushed inside, and she locked her stepdaughter into her room. And then she got her own evil, twisted, 
skinny, nasty, horrible, pale, pasty coloured daughter to put on the beautiful dress, and she took him out, and the prince started back in horror when he saw her. He thought that she was a troll. Well, he recognised the dress, but he didn't recognise the girl, and he was quick to say so. But the stepmother was cunning. She had a fast mind when it came to evil. And she said, Oh, well, our daughter has taken a terrible illness which has left her disfigured like this. But it's, it's definitely her. It's her that you met out on the hillside last year. So the prince said to the girl, the wicked evil half-sister, he said, Will you step outside? I would like to talk to you. So they went outside, and the prince said to her, Will you swear by God that you are the girl that I met a year ago? Yes, she lied. I am the girl. I swear I swear by God in the Bible and all the saints and everybody that I am that girl that you saw. Well, as soon as that lie had passed her lips, a strange and terrible thing happened, because the wicked daughter started to swell up. She swelled and swelled and swelled, the prince stepped back in horror as he watched her getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until, bang, she burst. And that was the end of the horrible half-sister. Well, the prince was furious. He went back to the house and he drew his sword and he pointed it at the stepmother and said, Bring out the real girl. That was a lie, and if you lie to me again, I will kill all of you. And he says, if you want to see the result of lying like that, then go outside and see what's left of that brat of a daughter of yours. Well, stepmother had to rush away and unlock the door, and she brought out her stepdaughter, who was all raven-haired and ivory and rose-coloured cheeks, so beautiful. And the prince had brought a dress for her. It was all golden as well, like his clothes, all cloth of gold. And she dressed up in this beautiful gown, and then the prince took her up behind him on his horse and rode away with a servant back to the castle while the mother went out and inspected what was left of her daughter. And, oh, the grief! The grief was too strong for her. Oh, but I'll tell you something that was stronger than the grief was that jealousy that was bubbling inside her. My daughter burst, and that girl gets to become a princess. And the grief and the jealousy, the envy, ate her up until in a short time she died. She died of spite. But the girl married the prince, and they lived happily together. And when his father, the old king, died, then he ruled the kingdom with the beautiful and pious girl 
as his queen, and they lived happily all their days.